Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Gastroenteritis Blues. I am here with, uh, oh, I'm Dan Valpone, by the way. I'm here with Emily Cannell, as always. Um, and we don't have Steve. Uh, he's making lots of excuses, as always. Uh, so in his, in his place on the pod today, producer Drew Peltzman uh, coming to uh, share some Sixers knowledge. And uh, like, I, like I've done in the last, last week when Steve wasn't here, uh, I have no Steve intro question. That is a Steve specific thing. My prep for this is showing up. I, I, I don't know how he does it. I don't know how he comes up with these questions. They're incredible. Um, they're very good. They're more interesting than anything I have. Uh, how's everyone's day? Emily, how's your day? My day is good. I went to see Thor today. And how, how was it? I liked it, but I like it takes a lot for me not to like a movie. I'm kind of a very easy to please kind of person. Um, but I thought it was good. Drew, how about you? What you do today? How was your day? Uh, I had a good day. I went to uh, go see my father um, up in, like, outside of Philly. I don't even know what you would call that area, uh, Dan. The but, suburbs? Yeah, the well, I would suburbs. Call it the suburb. I would yeah. call it the suburbs because I'm usually in Philly, but my parents' house is in the suburbs. So I tell people, I'm, oh, I'm in the suburbs. Yeah, well, it was nice. Uh, I went up there. We barbecued, swam a little bit. Um, oh, cool. Fancy. Wow. That is a nice day. All right. So I guess uh, let's get to the, we're going to talk a little summer league, but um, that's really going to be Drew's thing because Drew, Drew has cared the most about this. Um, And I know a lot of people care about summer league. We're not going to ignore it. Um, Drew's going to have some good thoughts, but I want to start with, um, as Emily would call it, the big Sixers. And, um, you know, the big news of the week is that James Harden, according to shams has like basically agreed to a deal now apparently today chris haynes has said that they're still working to finalize this deal but shams said that he's taking a 15 million dollar pay cut which seems to imply it's in 32 million dollar range um for the sixers that's pretty big it's still not official um and i think maybe you can read into that and say you know is there another trade coming i mean right now the thirty, the number thirty-two million would put the Sixers a little over four million below the apron. Um, so, they, I mean, they are hard cap, but they would have some wiggle room there. Um, I think you know, you know, I want to get your guys' thoughts, but, but just to to kick it off for a second, I, I would say that this feels like a huge win for the Sixers. I mean, if if you were worried about committing long term to Harden without seeing if he can have a bounce back year, 
you get that. Uh, you get him at a $15 million pay cut from what he could have taken otherwise, you know, and it, that, that seemed like even more than we would get. I mean, we were thinking, oh, maybe he'll take a seven, $10 million pay. I mean, this is a huge pay cut. And I'm sure he's making it up in other ways, possibly. Um, but I mean, I still think it would have been just so easy for him to take that option. And it's been huge for the team that they can keep him at this price. I mean, what do you think, Drew? I think my favorite part about it is just how easily our minds can be changed as Philly fans, just because, I mean, he didn't play well the last game we saw him. And now he's taking this pay cut, which is awesome. And I agree. It's awesome. It's a $15 million pay cut. It helps us out and it helps us out in the short term. I like how he didn't put any effort in game six. And now just because he's making less money, we're like, hell yeah, we're back in. And you know what? I'm a culprit. I'm, I'm there. So. I think, I think a big reason he gets a bit of a pass is like, there's uh, there, there's a certain now Harden wanted to play with Embiid maybe and he wanted to to play for Daryl and all of that, but there's a certain there's a certain uh, like grace period you get around here when you say I want to play in Philly when if that's like a when not like a, a not even as a free agent but like how many guys like we always say this we were saying it at the time like not a lot of guys ask for a trade to Philly and so. Um, you know, it wasn't a money thing. It was, I think it was not the city necessarily. I don't think it was us. Right. But like something about it, like people are going to take it as hard and want it to be in Philly. And we love that. So I think there is a grace period to that. Although you mentioned, we were at, you and me were at game six together and it was a disgrace. Um, and, uh, you know, Emily going to lead you into the same question, but I also want to throw out there, you know, if this hard number is about correct, and if we're going to work on the assumption that it is, then Tobias Harris is still our highest paid sixer, which is also very exciting. Uh, do you have any thoughts on that as well as, you know, the, the Harden signing? Yeah, um, we kind of thought this was going to happen. So I'm happy that it is. I feel like now that there's more room, it means that, that another move will come after this. Um, what that is, I don't know. And we can all agree that Tobias Harris deserves to be the highest paid sixer. He's obviously the best player on the team. And this is correct. Yeah. This is why he makes the big bucks. Well, I, you know, the thing with Tobias is that he's the culture guy. He's the glue. He's a really holds, nice guy. He's the guy that holds the culture together. The culture of not showing up to play game six mm-hmm. when you're down three, two, he holds that together. So that's why, you know, you have to have him around. That's he's, he, what he he knows that they should have tried harder. That's yeah. he knows they should have, and he knows they didn't, and that is important. So that's why I think that he deserves to be the highest paid sixer. Um, all right, let's get into the little sixers. We have our summer league sixers. Personally, did not watch much. I only watched a little, very little. I know Emily, you haven't seen a ton as well. Um, I honestly like I've been, I've been into the fills a little bit. I I didn't catch the game today, which is good because. Um, you know, I heard that they lost, but you know, some of these Phillies games have been pretty fun. Of course, you know, I was at like the only home game they've lost in their last few, and that's fine. It was a free ticket from work, so I'll take it. But um, you know, I haven't really had the. I was telling you guys, uh, telling this to you guys before we started, but I haven't 
felt the urge to wash them in the same way I did when they had a Simmons or a Fultz. And, you know, my only quick thought before I really like want to give it to Drew here um, is, you know, I see the Sixers like kind of getting shellacked in these games. And it's like, I feel like every year we talk ourselves into like, oh, this guy's going to be good. This prospect's going to be good. And some of these guys like could be okay, but like every team is guys they're doing that with. Like every team is like, oh, what if this guy's good? What if this guy's good? And those guys that are, that they are what ifing are currently kicking the asses of the guys that we are what if. Just want to throw that out there. Doesn't make me feel great. But again, I really haven't watched much of the game. So let's get into some stuff. I mean, Drew, I know, you know, all the talk was B-ball. Paul did very well uh, in his time in Salt Lake. Um, what did you see from him? I mean, I, from what I saw from him, you know, in the regular season last year and in the playoffs last year, I'm, and I talked about this last spot, I'm perfectly cool with him being the backup center. I would almost prefer it. I wanted to get that chance. I mean, what did you see in the summer league? Is that, did he build on that? Has anything changed your mind? Is it solidified it? What do you think? Well, for me, if you want to be the backup center on any NBA team, you should probably be very good in any summer league. Um, you should probably get your own and no matter like how young he is or how much experience, like if you're in the conversation for being the backup center, you should be expected to kind of run through the summer league, which is what he did. And it's kind of like he passed the assignment. It, he didn't get any extra credit. He didn't fail or get a C. He, he passed it uh, with flying colors. And then, you know, so they went two and one in the Salt Lake Summer League. I believe they, they lost the first game, right? And then won the next two. Um, and the, the big talk was, you know, the Isaiah Joe three, uh, the game-winning three. And just like, the, I think he's shooting like 56% from three on like, what, like over, like something like seven or eight attempts per game. Um, I... I feel like I'm such a, like a downer, just like looking at these stats. Cause when I see that, I'm, I, I'm honestly, this is my honest first thought. This is not me trying to, to, to bring down Isaiah Joe's performance or I want, I want, I would love nothing more than Isaiah Joe to be able to be, you know, like a, a small wing on this team. Mm-hmm. And I think that would be awesome. Um, but like, I look at it and I'm like, these are the percentages he shot in summer league last year. And he did not shoot nearly that well in the regular season. And he's another year long. Maybe his defense will look better. Maybe he'll be more comfortable. I would love that. Um, does, it, does anything look different to you? I mean, the numbers look similar, but I haven't caught a ton of the games. I know there's been talk about Isaiah Joe's leadership um, coming out of these summer leagues, but like, what, have you seen any growth from him besides the hot shooting that you think could carry over? And do you see him getting you know, a more consistent role with the team this year? I think his willingness to shoot and uh, something that has been just so picked on over the years um, for any Sixers team, just your willingness to shoot the ball. We know Isaiah Joe could do it. We knew it coming out of college, he could do it. But although it was the same percentages, you could tell he was shooting them and letting them loose no matter where he was. And the game-winning shot against OKC, uh, it was a few like yards behind the three-point line with people in his face. It wasn't an easy basket by any means. So, and out of any Salt Lake City team, Oklahoma City, although they didn't have Chet that game, is one of the better teams that they were going to face. But I do agree. I think if you are 
going to try and mold him into a small wing. He needed to show a little bit more on defense than I think he did. Leadership is great. I love all that stuff. It helps, but he's not at the point uh, like defensively and putting both of those sides of the games together that I would like to see. Yeah. I mean, and it's hard with like our Sixers and, and the hot, I mean, we've seen Furkan get so hot shooting in the summer league. And, and I mean, I was so high on Furkan and Joe in the summer league. And I think I got a little fooled and it's something I like, it's almost has kind of made me tune out the summer league more. So this year, whereas like last year I watched those guys and I was like, they look Isaiah Joe looked pretty good as a ball handler and Furkan looked much improved as a ball handler. And I, I think Furkan's defense is pretty okay. And I was thinking, you know, if the shot can be okay, he can, you know, especially with Ben out, share in, in ball handling a little bit and play some defense and just like never really came together for him. And I, I think it just speaks to, you know, how tougher every little part of the game gets when you get to that, that real NBA level. Um, before we go to an ad, the last uh, summer league six, I want to ask you about, uh, and then I want to go to you, Emily, for like general thoughts um, is Jaden Springer. So, you know, I, was on Twitter and I think there was a Phil's game on this night and I was mostly watching the Phil's. I was doing a little flipping back and forth, but mostly watching the Phil's. And it was a whole, you know, string of tweets that I was seeing about Jaden Springer doing this on defense. He had a couple dunks. Um, and I flipped the game over and the Sixers have like a big possession where they're like, I think they were down one with the ball and they had just gotten a big stop. I think Springer had a big block and just gets the ball taken right out of his hands. And and I think that this is going to be what stops. And I know this is everyone's hope. He's going to be a rotation player this year. I know that's everyone's high hope. And I, from what I've seen of Springer, not just summer league specific, um, but like any highlights I've seen um, and just hearing other people agree is like, I don't see the handle there. I, and I, that worries me. I mean, I know the, the, the guy who was guarding, I forget who it was, but he was, he had had a, a good defensive game and he had made a good, a few good defensive plays, but like a lot of guys are, are at that level in the NBA, right? Like guys are going to take the ball from you if, if you're going to be too loose with it. And he is not a steady ball handler. And, and maybe there's, a, maybe he has like a, a, some kind of role that he could carve out, you know, with his defense, with his athleticism. Um, but I mean, I'm not sure. I mean, you tell me what you've seen from spring. Tell me what you've seen. How's the, how's the shot looking right? Like, what are, what are, what are we really seeing from him? And, and almost the same question as Joe. Like, do you see him finding himself a role in any way either? I think he's a year or maybe a year and a half, two years away. Yeah, Just because, I don't know, do you guys remember when Tobias was in, like, his rut last year? And the year before it, we said like when he was making, <laughs> when he was making the passes, his mind was like a step slow compared yeah. to everyone else. Jaden Springer does that almost every offensive possession, unless he he's on the fast break and, mm -hmm. and going inside and dunking it. The shot looks good. It just doesn't go in. And uh, I mean, that's about it. His defense is elite. It yeah. looks elite. He can jump out of the building, but it's like the complete opposite on offense. I think there's a little bit of potential though, a little bit. Right. I don't, I don't mean this to tear him down. And like, I, I, I could definitely see how there could be some potential there for sure. But like you said, even if the shot's not going in, like it looks okay. Like maybe that's something to build on. 
He's not Matisse's starting. Matisse's shot doesn't go in. So I well, that's what I was gonna say. We already have playing. That was that was where I was getting to. Is like we have a guy who who is athletic and is a good defender. Matisse Jaden Springer really vaccinated. Maybe maybe that's we should when we go to Toronto. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I I just don't think I don't see how he carves out a role right now. From from everything I've seen from Springer, I think he's and he's still he's still nineteen. Yeah, like, I don't mean to sound like Bill Simmons talking about Jason Tatum, but like he's playing in the summer league of before his second season, and he's still nineteen. That's really young. He was the second youngest player in his draft. Like I don't think that we should be giving up on him by any means, but but yeah, he's he's not right. I don't think he's ready. Um, Emily, I know that you have probably watched a bit more summer league than me, but have been less dedicated to it than Drew. So that's why. I, went to Drew early, but I want to hear uh, your general thoughts from what you were able to catch. Um, yeah, I watched most of, I haven't watched any of Vegas. I've really only watched Salt Lake City, and that's mostly because I wanted to watch Paul. But in regards to him going back, um, I'm perfectly fine with him being the backup center. Like you said, I would enjoy it. Everyone said like, you know, he's a little chaotic. And but things happen when he's on the floor, and like, honest to God, sometimes that's all we need is someone to make something happen. Chaos isn't always bad, and like, especially with when the Sixers get lazy, chaos can be good. Yeah, and so I just like like him in that role. Um, so I'm all for it. In terms of Isaiah Joe, I think that maybe you just have to like give him run in the regular season and if it does get bad like kind of make him weather the storm I feel like a lot of the times when we're we don't have a deep bench and we don't really develop guys well and I think that because we might have a chance that we have a very good starting five that we'll be able to give some of those bench guys like a little bit more leeway and like so so what if they're having a slump, like make them shoot their way out of it instead of just benching them and trying someone else, because I don't know, like maybe they'll come out on the other side. Like, I think we need to kind of let these guys fight through these things, these like adversities that are coming their way to like really develop them. And maybe that will help us in the long run. Um, I don't really have any Jaden Springer thoughts, but I, I like that. Like Paul, like Reed and, and Charles Bassey just, just were still like playing in summer league, even though they actually got minutes in. And Isaiah especially Joe, like, Reed, especially yeah, Reed. like he was like a le- like the legitimate. He like started games in the playoffs, didn't he? Like he started a game. Uh, Jordan started those games, but he was a big uh, part of the rotation. Like, yeah. The so like, I just think it just goes to show those kind of guys. Like I think they just love love to play basketball, and they'll do whatever they can to get better, you know, playing against other people that are like at their talent level or near their talent level. And they're not just like going and working and doing drills in the gym. Like they're getting real run, they're playing real games. And I think that they just really want to get better. I was listening to um, the podcast that they did with Lauren Rose and it was Paul Reed and Isaiah Joe and Tyrese ended up on the phone for like 0.5 seconds, but they were saying like, the three of them are at the gym all the time. Like they all always see each other at the gym. And I know that Tyrese and, and Paul Reed have really gotten like 
like called out for that in a good way, like acknowledged for that. Doc Rivers has said it, but I think that it kind of goes under the radar that Isaiah Joe seems to be the exact same way. So I think that's good. I hope that like other young guys in our organization follow their lead. Yeah, the um, I think you're. I want to go back to your point about Isaiah jokes. I think it's generally correct, and I also think it's wishful thinking, right? Like, I think that Doc is not going to do that. Like, if he's yeah, not so ready, Doc's not going to play him. I think it's generally the right thing to do. And like, you look at organizations that are consistently developing players and having guys in their playoff rotation who you wouldn't think would be there. I mean, look at the Miami Heat, right? Like, they're they're constantly finding, even if it's not even if they're not a guy when they shorten the rotation, not a guy who really makes it in like Omer Yurt seven gave them very useful minutes this season. Um, and like, I had not, I had not heard of him. And I thought I was reading his name wrong when I first read it because like there was the number seven in it. And like, he was like, good. He was useful. And like, that doesn't happen by accident. That happens from like trusting some of these guys to play, giving them another chance when they're you know messing up and the Sixers are just not going to do that and and I wish I wish they would because I think you're generally right that like that's how that's how you grow this kind of talent and that's how you get guys like you're at seven like other guys we've seen the heat you know bring up through the years where you know it feels like they always have someone ready you know they dealt with they were the one seed this year with you know with their main three guys really missing a ton of games um so I mean, that's a testament to them, and it is—it's a flaw with what the Sixers do. And um, I mean, I'd be happily surprised if they could make Isaiah Joe work because I—I I do see some things with him, and maybe if he had time, he could figure it out. But um, like a like you know, the Heat have how much run did the Heat get out of Gabe Vincent this year? Gabe Vincent, like, Max Struess, all of these guys, <laughs> right? Like these are not guys who I had even heard of. I don't—if they were drafted, I don't remember it. Like, and they were all useful. I mean, Struess was starting for them in the playoffs, and they took. They went to, to you know, to the final minute of Game Seven in the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, with Max Strus starting, like that's, it, it's it's it is a testament to them. And I'm not trying to be like you know, heat culture. The, the heat culture stuff can be like so annoying and generally wrong, right? Like I I, I don't think that it's a, a culture thing. I think that it is that Eric Spolstra is a very good coach and has trust in his guys, and that's what it is. It's not a heat organization wide thing. I think that. They just have probably the best coach in basketball. And, um, you know, all right. So that's, I guess, my main thought on this. We're going to talk a little more, um, you know, summer Sixers and and stuff around the Sixers. A lot of Sixers hanging out, as Emily alluded to so far. Um, we're going to go an ad first. One thing I just want to throw out there before the ad, get everyone a little excited. I think we need to bring back the most likely game. Mm. for next week's episode i think we have enough new sixers now that you know we've had enough roster turnover it's been like a year and a half i think it's time we bring it back for a few weeks it was a good game people like the game i say we bring it back I'm um in. all right and we're gonna go now and we'll be back all right so here's the ad all right and we're back um so, like I said, uh, you know, we're going to talk a little more summer Sixers and um, a little bit of uh, some of the Sixers hanging out a little bit. So, uh, Sixers you know, hanging out. That should be a new Sixers, segment as well. Hey, Sixers hanging out is a big deal because uh, we had some Sixers who were a little MIA last summer. I don't want to name names. Um, you know, it's this could be anyone. I mean, this is not a call out. It's just from what I've heard, and I know this is not, this is not well reported, but 
I heard that some Sixers were cutting everyone off last summer. And I don't, I haven't heard that this summer. And that's, that's nice. Mm-hmm. That's a good thing. Um, it's nice. We're going into the season with a roster. We know we're going to take, or at least could take through the season. Um, I think that is important. I think that's something that, I think that's something that Daryl Morey has consistently undervalued throughout his career, to be perfectly honest. Like, you know, that team, even if Harden were playing better, that team probably wasn't ready to win. Um, they just didn't have the time together. And, um, you know, guys are hanging out. I mean, Sam Cassell, Tyrese Maxey, Matisse Thibel, B-Ball Paul, um, some guys we've seen not playing but around Summer League. Obviously, B-Ball Paul played in Summer League uh, in Salt Lake City, but not in Vegas. Yang um, was there, too. George Yang. Um, and then the other one was we had Maxey and Harden working out with Sam Cassell uh, doing some kind of shooting drill that had James Harden absolutely befuddled. Um, and you know, and then he shared on his own TikTok like how befuddled he was. Like, well, that's the funny part. I listened to it over multiple times, and I was a little bit confused. It <laughs> didn't really make that much sense, but I trust Sam Cassell. You like get a point, and then you lose a point or something. But you know, it's good to see. It's good to see for a few reasons. It's nice to see because we all want to see our Sixers getting along. And I, I really like to see Maxi and Harden working out. I mean, Harden, we need Harden closer to how he had been. Um, you know, we need him healthy and, and playing like old Harden a bit. And the fact that he's, you know, seemingly a bit more dedicated this summer, not even seemingly, it almost seemed like he was putting that on himself. He's more dedicated this summer. That's a big deal. I think the two ways we can hope for the Sixers to take a big step forward this year are Harden gets back to how he was and Maxi takes another big step forward. Those are, I mean, Tucker will help and, and House will help and some of these guys will help, but those are the those are the two big things for me. And that's what made me really happy to see that they were working out, you know, together, doing drills with Sam Cassell, who's, you know, as a coach and a, and a basketball mind and as, you know, as a guard, very respected. Um, that was, I thought that was important. Um, so that's, I think... That's mostly the news in Sixers culture. Let me know if I miss anything. But I mean, Emily, what are your thoughts on 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 these things we've we've seen with our with our Sixers culture? Um, yeah, I think that those are the big things. Um, it was actually, I mean, this is old news at this point, but it was after we recorded last week that we got all the Sixers hanging out at Michael Rubin's house, uh, where I predicted that we were going to party tonight and sign the contract right. later. Actually, we do need to talk about that because I want to hear your thoughts on this as well. PJ Tucker was holding a massive bottle of something. I support it. It's off season. Party all too. night. Let it ride. I just want to know, like, how late does that party go? Like one. It, it probably goes until like through the morning. I saw VA, Michael Rubin too. Sorry, I gotta go home. Michael Rubin's fiance like fell off the stage and like had to go to the hospital, and she was like oh, all bruised. Jeez. We also saw. Tucker, Harden, and and Bede all hugging on the stage with Tyrese Maxey just kind of out in the crowd, just mingling. Yeah. There's a, and then there's the picture of Maxey and Donovan Mitchell, and someone else. Yeah, they're all Sixers. Sixers. They're so, all they're all they're like Harden. They're all also about to take a lot less money to be Sixers. Yeah, I wonder how you get on the invite list for the Ruben party because clearly everyone doesn't get the invite. That, I would think that was going to be my first most likely question. Who doesn't get the invite? 
Yeah. I like that. I like that. That is a good one. We'll save it for next week, Jeremy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I feel like we should have, though. Yeah. I mean, don't answer we, the question. We give a lot to these Sixers, and I feel like we should have gotten an invite. Yeah. We should get an invite. If only B Ball Paul got in. Oh. That we're right there. He's right not the, the most likely now to get invited. That wouldn't surprise me, honestly. Oh, I would. I think he's up there and in, in least likely to get invited. Really? I mean, I don't. It depends. I guess like you could easily pull an end a new mm. end of roster guy, but like for a guy who's in the rotation, like he's not an established veteran. He hasn't been here long, mm. um, and he's a lot younger than everyone else. So I, I could see him not getting the invite. Although we know Michael Rubin loves young friends, it keeps him young, I guess. So uh, maybe people Paul gets the invite for that. But uh, we can discuss other, next week. Any other thoughts? And then if not, uh, Drew, what do you think? What do you think about all of these things? I don't have any other thoughts for Sixers hanging out. Did you guys see Matisse wasn't wearing any shoes on the court? He never wears shoes. I know. I know that's his mask. thing. I know that's his thing. But on the court. He wasn't playing. No, I know. But like, isn't it? I don't know. I feel like. He's wearing That's socks. anti vaxxer move. He's also anti-shoe, I guess. I don't really like shoes either, so I can support that. That's yeah, fair. but you got your vaccine, Emily, so you don't have to wear <laughs> I did. Yeah. All right. Well, that's our Sixers culture update. Um, you know, we talked a lot about summer league. You know, obviously the Sixers fared a bit better in Salt Lake City. Um, they're 0-2 so far in Vegas. Of course, it hurts. They don't have B-Ball Paul. Um, they lost to Toronto and to Brooklyn. Um, Drew, any uh, any more summer league thoughts uh, before we just kind of wrap it up here? Um, we haven't talked about them yet, but uh, Charlie Brown Jr. has been playing really solid, just three and D. I'm not sure exactly how many threes he's actually taken. Yeah, the three doesn't look right. <laughs> yeah, but he's all over the place. And the fact that I'm remembering him uh, as much as I am, like on a daily basis, I feel like I point out, oh my God, that's Charlie Brown Jr. doing his thing. Um, a lot of the times we're so, we were so deprived of athleticism that it kind of sticks out to us a little bit more and that might be what that was. Yeah, I mean, we talk about it. You know, every team wants athletic wings and the Sixers really do not have them. I mean, Matisse is athletic for sure. But, like, not in a way that's, like, often very useful on offense. Um, and often in a way that, like, he almost overtrusts himself and gets himself in trouble on defense. And I know no one wants to say anything bad about Matisse's defense. But, um, you know, he's, he's not like a Wiggins athletic where he's, like, going to contest every shot well, going to grab rebounds. Like, he's not that kind of – he's not a leaper. You know, I think Charlie Brown's a bit more of a leaper. Um, but, yeah, I – I don't see Charlie Brown being a rotation guy, but you know, a who knows? I, I mean, who knows? I I don't see it. The, the shot. I think it's funny we default to calling guys three and D guys, and it's like, you know, yeah, he'll take threes, but like Matisse will take threes too. Like the whole he just looks like thing. he is. He yeah, I mean, one. I think some like I mean Butler gets called that, and like yeah. Butler made threes in the playoffs. So like I think Butler made like. 20 something threes in the regular season, like all of the regular season total. So like on like 20% shooting. So like it just gets thrown around. But um, you know, yeah, the defense does seem to be there for him. And um the Sixers could have, I mean, maybe we wrap up on this on a bit of a on a bit of a high note. The Sixers could have a very good defense this year. And I don't mean that with the I'm I don't mean that from a Matisse, you know, 
Jaden Springer, Charlie Brown standpoint, but like, a, you know, you're running out, you know, Maxie and Harden isn't great, but, you know, with like, say you start House, you know, then House, Tucker, Embiid with Melton coming in and playing a lot of bench minutes. Uh, like that team could be a very good defense. Uh, oh, I, oh, sorry, obviously. And, and Tobias. So um, I, I, I forgot, uh, forgot to mention Tobias. Tobias, who can be fine on defense on certain players, right? Like that could be, that could be good defense. That could be, like, I mean, I don't, I don't think that's the, that's not the 2021, 22 Boston Celtics, but it's a better defense than they had. And I think it's a team that can probably cover a bit better for Maxie and Harden than they were able to this year. Um, I guess, you know, why don't we leave off on this for now? So, you know, I'm going to say that's something that I am cautiously optimistic about with the Sixers this year. But I want you both to tell me something that you are cautiously optimistic about with the Sixers this year. I know I'm kind of putting you on the spot. So if anyone has a good one and wants to jump in and go first, let me know. Um, what was the question, Dan? What am I optimistic What is something about? you're cautiously optimistic about with the Sixers this year? Um... Charles Bassey. I think... Really? I think that since B-Ball Paul has been kind of owning up to that backup center, it's going to help Charles Bassey a lot, not having that pressure on him. So get, well, and he'll probably he'll get still, the when Embiid's out. Yeah, he'll still get run when Embiid's out, but he's still young. It's only his second year. We Everyone knows, and he knows he can play like a real true NBA center. So just let him go do it. Don't put that much attention on him. Uh, put him behind B-Ball Paul. B-Ball Paul loves it anyway. So that's my – I'm cautiously optimistic Did about you, Charles Were you Bassey. happy with his play in the summer league? Yeah, I've been – I mean, anytime you're, like, a rolling big man, it's kind of tough to, like, show out in the summer league because you kind of rely on the guard. Um, he was good. He fit my bill of, like, he didn't do any mistakes. He was rebounding. He was running the floor, defending. Um, but, no, nah, I think I, I'm cautiously optimistic. I think he will Perfect. fill his role. Emily, what are what or who or or yeah, I guess those are the two options. What or who are you cautiously optimistic about for the Sixers this year? I'm gonna say that, and it doesn't have to be like a summer league guy, or it does. No, it doesn't. It's something something that, but you have to be cautiously optimistic. It can't be like, oh, I think Joel Embiid will have a good year. I'm very optimistic Joel Embiid will have a good year. It's like a, I'm not sure about it, but I have a good feeling. Okay, I'm cautiously optimistic that Shake Milton will be a consistent contributing role player like on this that. team. I like that. Yeah, I think I think he's I think that that is that is a good one to be cautiously optimistic on. I could totally see that. Um, I mean, I think also Shake is a guy who is. I mean, he's about to. He's going to be 25 this year, right? Like he's. I think he's a guy who we've almost kind of maybe overlooked too much. Like everyone was too high on him in the bubble or like right before the bubble going into the bubble. We had that long pause where it was just like shake had just gone, you know, absolutely, you know, he just torched the doc rivers clippers um, and had 39 points with Embiid and Simmons out. And we almost won that game with Paul George and Kawhi playing without Embiid and Simmons and um it was like oh Shake's gonna be incredible and then he really slumped 
got off to a hot start and, and then really struggled um, two seasons ago. And I think everyone just kind of gave up on him. He was hurt again this past year, but he was helpful in the playoffs. And he's coming to the age where, you know, he's been in the league for a few years. He's getting comfortable. He's getting, you know, smarter and smarter in the game. Um, and yeah, like Maxi kind of stole his thunder. Whereas like they were the young guards and, and Maxi has, has, you know, clearly, you know, taken a step past him um, more than a step, but like, I think she can be a useful player and, you know, we're not, I don't think the Eric Gordon trade's happening and, you know, Shake is a pretty big guard. Shake is like six, five with like a seven foot wingspan or something like that. Like, like seven, one wingspan. He's got a huge plus wingspan. He can, he can definitely, you know, guard up onto smaller wings um, without a problem, which I think you kind of need on this wingless team. He gives you the guard talent on offense. Um, and, theoretically should be a good shooter. Um, so you should have a lot of guys like that. Like, yeah, I totally see it with Shake. I could definitely see this being a year he gets more consistent. I'm not – I wouldn't bet on it necessarily, but, like, I could see it happening. I would be cautiously optimistic on that, and I like it. And it'll be Thanks, our fourth Sam. card. He should get minutes. He should get minutes. So, um, yeah, I like your guys' answers. Um, they were good ones. Um, Thanks, pal. Our – I think the team is mostly finalized at this point, but I think we've talked about everyone on it. Um, so, you know, we're going into the year with basically this group of guys and it'll be interesting to see how some of these guys come out and how we look. I would love to see Harden look like his first few games as a sixer and, and preferably his time in Houston. That's, that's my biggest hope right now. So, you know, we'll be back next week. Um, we'll have more Sixers thoughts. Uh, how many more summer get league games do we have, Drew? Well, I I mean it depends on if we make the how many playoffs. more guaranteed do we have? I'm not 100 percent sure. Okay, Could that's be, fine. But we um, have more games. Yes, um, at least two, more, I think. We'll have a couple more summer league games to talk about. Um, I'm sure something dramatic will happen as the Sixers. So make sure you join us next week. Um, most importantly, we are on YouTube and you have to subscribe or else you're being a bad friend to all of us. Um Gastro Blues Pod, a Sixers podcast on YouTube. Um, is that right? That's right. Um, yep, go subscribe there. You can watch us as we sit here and talk. Um, more importantly, I mean, if you want to watch the pod, watch the pod. More importantly, Drew has great clips that he puts on there. Um, and you're not getting those other places. And, um, you know, it's um, we definitely have some fun stuff on YouTube that you need to check out um, if you haven't yet. Besides that, give us all a follow on Twitter. I'm just not really having a personal Twitter right now. I'm at Gastro Blues Pod. Um, Emily's at Third and Girl. Uh, Drew is at DA Pelts 13. Steve at Steve J. Littman. Um, and that's all we have. Uh, be safe and be great, and we'll see you next week. I love you so, yeah, and I know.